0: Welcome to Right to Life Michigan's Lifebeat. I am your host today, Chris Gast, and joining me are Anna Plymer and Grace Hemmicky. Ladies, happy Friday. Happy Good Friday. morning.
1: Happy Friday.
0: Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff today, um, all over the place, so there's no point in giving you a preview. You're just going to find out when we get there. Uh, we'll start out by teasing our feature next week. Um, pro-life, uh, some pro-life groups nationally are talking and advocating for a 15-week national abortion ban as the best strategy for the pro-life movement uh, to move forward. And we have some, we have some thoughts about that. Uh, so we're going to do a, a, feature on that next week to talk about it. And I just, my, you know, general thoughts, having been in the pride movement for 15 years is, you know, we're going to all going to go through a bit of a cha- <clears throat> excuse me, challenging stage here because, for, you know, we know our we know where we want to go. We want to get constitutional protection for the unborn child. We know where we started, and that took, you know, almost fifty years to get rid of Roe versus Wade. And we've done that. And now we can do anything. We can legislate anything, we can do whatever we want. And so our our options were so limited before and so focused, and now we got you know, we had one path to move forward basically, and now we have several paths and picking and choosing is going to be a challenge.
1: Yes. So we're <laughs> gonna be talking more about that next week in a 30 minute feature. Um, we'll go into details of RLM's official position on it and how we got there and everything in between.
0: It should be fun.
1: Yes. So uh look look out for that next week Friday afternoon.
0: All right, so it's been a bit of a slow uh couple weeks for the news. It is summer. Uh but lots of little happenings, statements, uh good news, bad news. So let's address some of it. So We had a very interesting story from NBC News that we shared on our Twitter profile uh, from just before the 4th of July, and uh, the headline is, Adoption, Not Abortion, How the Dobbs Decision is Affecting Adoption in the U.S. So um, there in the story, it's really interesting, there was some, we don't have really hard statistics, it's kind of frustrating for adoption, getting like really good, Adoption statistics is a big challenge um, for whatever reason. And so they don't have any great hard numbers that we can share for you, but it seems to be from the noise that the NBC story references that adoptions are actually increasing in the wake of the Dobbs decision and, for example, Texas. And other states passing very significant uh, abortion bans. So it's a good thing. But how NBC kind of framed the story was not necessarily that it's a good thing and that women are feeling kind of forced into adoption versus abortion. So, you know, the one number that they gave was uh, this one president of a CEO. Or, excuse me, the one CEO of a Texas abortion center or adoption center said that he saw an interest of 30% increase, and that's infinite option. So, that's a good thing, right?
1: (laughs) Depends on who you ask.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, there is this kind of interesting undercurrent that and there's some people out there that really hate adoption. If you've ever kind of run into that, it's usually probably, um, my experience has been someone who's had a bad adoption experience themselves. And, you know, we should acknowledge that adoption is, I mean, not the ideal, an ideal situation. You know, it'd be the child's own two parents are perfectly equipped to help them navigate the first 18 years of their life, and that's not always the case and with adoption you know it is a positive option it's a life-giving option there are some challenges to it Um, you know in my own extended family you know we we have adoption in it but uh, there are some people out there who just you know there are some bad experiences and they see it as bad you know the challenge for us as we does a movement deal with women who are facing abortion is this mentality that, you know, I'd rather have an abortion than have someone else raising my child. And so any indication that that attitude is in decline is a wonderful thing because obviously the, the best part or the important part of being a parent is in the end, it's really not about pleasing yourself as the parent, uh, it's about what's in the best interest of the child. And we obviously believe that uh, being alive and not being killed is in everyone's best interest, always, all the time.
1: We do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would say there's definitely been a weird increase in um, people that, have had a bad experience with adoption and it's i feel like the ones i've seen are typically where they were adopted outside of the u.s by parents within the u.s and so that is a whole other topic of what is going on there but that's typically where a little resentment comes from i feel like by the person that got adopted
0: yeah, everyone's experience is very different because mm-hmm. uh, that's that's life. It is. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see as we continue how the numbers go, um, if we can get some actual hard data on that. Ideally, you know, there, there's always enough for infant adoptions. You know, the waiting list is such that if every woman who wanted to have an abortion decided instead I wanted to do an adoption, there's enough parents to cover them all. So it's not really a matter of, you know, sometimes we get accused of, you guys don't really want to actually care for these children. Like, well, actually, there's a long waiting list for infant adoption. So, yeah, we do. You know, please stop doing abortions and we'll handle this problem. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, even if a lot of women choose life, they're not going to make the adoption decision because it is hard mm-hmm. to give up your child and have someone else raising them. That is a real loss I on just the parents' think- part.
1: Just the thought of knowing that your child is out in the world um, freaks a lot of people out, and that's another reason I've seen why they
2: would not choose adoption instead of abortion. Yeah, there can be a lot of feelings of guilt or abandonment that go along with giving up a child for adoption, but it's not. That's not a. I mean, reason it outweighs to, right. It's very selfish to say no. I'd rather just. Abort then give the child up for adoption. that right. That's not think about them at all Right,
0: you know, uh, I worry I, I'm gonna have a kid driving in a couple of years I'm gonna be worrying about those kids a lot, but it uh, doesn't mean I can you just have go, five and years. go and eliminate <laughs> all my four children So I have peace of mind that nothing right. is gonna happen in the future. Doesn't make a lot of sense Next let's talk about um John Kirby. So uh, John Kirby is a formal admiral. He is a spokesperson for the, I forget, it's either the Defense Department or the White House now. Um, I think he was at the State Department. He's been all over the place. He was in public affairs in the Navy. Um, That's how he got to be an admiral. And he's been a fixture on the news. If you've, you know, followed the news, especially with the uh, war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan for a while, well, he went on an interesting speech uh, a couple, what, two weeks ago? Or was it last week? The weeks run together in summer.
1: Uh, it was one of those. Yeah. I don't know
0: either. Well, um, right now, nationally, there is a senator blocking the appointment of, I believe, the Commandant of the Marine Corps over the Biden administration's insistence that the military basically give a full ride for abortion. Um, and you know, traditionally, obviously the US for decades we have banned the taxpayer funding of abortion because it's not fair to force one person to who's worked really hard to generate an income, to give a portion of that income to completely violate their beliefs and taking the life of an innocent child. And of course there's always many other reasons not to do that. But his argument against it very insistent, was that abortion is needed for uh, military readiness, and he called it a sacred obligation of the United States military to make sure that women can have abortions.
1: Very interesting. Is is it a sacred
0: obligation? I mean, it's for all of American history up until the Biden administration, the military did not do that. So
1: I mean sacred sounds like he's replying it's he's implying that it's religious. It's a it's a religious sacred.
0: That's exactly reason, what he's saying.
1: Which is a weird position for him to take in the first place.
2: Grace
0: Grace is just Grace shaking is... her her head in dismay.
2: Yeah, if you you can't use it. We have the Hyde Amendment, which
0: We do. Um would,
2: is that what would prohibit this? Well, yeah. One of the things that would well, prohibit this? Well, the Hyde this? Amendment
0: is attached to the budget and and yes, there's always been uh, provisions in the budget to not do this and they're debating the new budget and that but, the, but what the Biden administration has been doing the last couple years is, in a lot of cases is just well we're not going to really you know, follow the law we're just going to do whatever we want because we're not mm-hmm. going to be held accountable right. in the broader media and elsewhere so we're just kind of all making it up as we go mm-hmm. um, so I mean I don't really think that if you think about it, at its base level, I mean, the, the military's sacred obligation is to protect America. And military readiness is a part of that. You know, you have to, if we find ourselves in a shooting war against China, for instance, next week, it's very important that most of our military is ready and can report to their stations or duties. Are you
1: trying to justify why he would have made this this well, comment.
0: <laughs> I mean, th- this is his argument. We're being fair to his argument. And so okay. his argument is that there are enough women in the military now and they get pregnant often enough um, that the military can no longer function without taking the life of an unborn child. But, I mean, 200 plus years of the military and building up and, you know... Let's talk about sacred values of respecting the rules of war, which, you know, no military has done perfectly. But, um, you know, in a lot of ways, especially since World War II, we, America has a sacred need to portray the military as, uh, you know, the best of us. And, and in many cases, they are. And I would say today that certainly the case in many ways and that we do it better than everyone else and you can make the argument we definitely have but you know if the sacred obligation of the military is to protect the citizens of the United States of America and harming American people is necessary to keep the military ready I mean we have to ask ourselves some really deep fundamental questions in this country about what our actual Beliefs are in terms of what is the sacred obligation of the country and, and what is not? Um,
1: well, I don't think actually that it's that deep because To them they're not harming anyone by allowing women to have abortions. Who are they harming? They think they're helping and there's no way that they would go against that and commit Public suicide by agreeing with pro-life policies or ideas.
2: And they have Beliefs. a massive recruiting shortfall to make up this year. I think every branch is projected to miss their recruitment quotas. Right.
0: And so uh, when you're telling military members that this isn't America's army, this is Planned Parenthood's army now, and you have a sacred They're obligation. They're not going to look that, at it like that, though. Well, the, the people who sign up for the military... Are looking at it like that and that's why in a lot of cases the military is not being successful and you know they want to talk about military readiness if you alienate half of the country politically but a majority of the people who actually go into the military um, I wonder what the actual really stats are on, on, what?
1: on political affiliation of people that actually go into the military.
0: I mean, you can see it. It's
1: well, we we think that
0: no, no. There's been polls, and you can. Well, yeah, I'm so can
1: saying. What is the actual? It's not. It's
0: not monolithic by any means. I mean, but really, that is a serious issue. Look no further than the Biden administration calling up inactive reserve members a couple weeks ago. That was a bit of a shocker. So, but. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what's gonna happen with that, but I mean, Biden administration is gonna do what they do, mm-hmm. regardless of what the law says and what democracy mm-hmm. has decided um, should be the public policy. Uh, John Kirby obviously believes that uh, he has a religious duty to make sure that abortions are happening at a military bases. Um, if you know. We, we want our military to be a humane military that doesn't dehumanize the enemy, but just like you said, they don't even see the unborn child as a human being. Um, you know, Just like in many cases, soldiers don't see the enemy as a human being, they almost have to you know, dehumanize them to carry out their duties. So this is not a positive direction for the department no. of defense or the Biden administration or American public policy. Um. Anything more we want to say about that? I don't think so. Okay. Well, there have been a lot of news stories lately involving um, baby boxes and abandoned babies being saved and everything. So I think it's always good for us to remind people that in Michigan we have a safe delivery law, and up to seventy-two hours after birth. A woman can surrender a child confidentially uh, to. It has to be to an emergency service provider. Uh, So a we don't have hospital fire station. No, Um, in Michigan we tried to put in baby boxes. We passed legislation. The legislature did it by overwhelming majorities. Uh, But governor, it was at the end of the term. Uh, and so they didn't have time to override Governor Snyder's veto. And, oh, Rick Snyder.
1: Why would you veto don't that? Get,
0: don't get me started on Rick Snyder. What would be well, your
1: reasoning for vetoing that?
0: So the the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services uh, was a little concerned about it and how do you implement this and, and safety. and Just so look at every
1: other state. I know. Has
0: I know. But basically, a top-level bureaucrat there said, "This sounds icky. I don't think we should do it." And Snyder just did whatever that bureaucrat wanted.
1: I wonder if,
0: just to be if frank.
1: Whitmer would would veto that.
0: Well, we obviously had the votes to override the veto if we had enough time to do that. Um, the problem is, and there may be there's there's definitely the votes to do it today. I'm sure, but. With Democrat control over the Michigan legislature, it's not a bill they might want to bring up for a vote. That's true. Because it is problematic for them because, again, they don't believe the unborn child is a human being and anything that... Doesn't
1: even have anything to do with abortion.
0: Well, when you consider some abortions happen after birth...
1: That's not abortion, that's just... Well, no, that's murdering. that's
0: infanticide, but, uh, you know, um, it happens at abortion facilities, as we know. Um, and as they acknowledge behind closed doors, when I mean, you can get them on, uh, on uh, undercover camera.
1: Right. They would never admit publicly that they would be okay with that. So they would have to be in support of baby boxes. Right.
0: But... They might not bring it up because it's seen as a pro-life thing and they don't like pro-life people or their ideas or anything.
1: Okay, (laughs) that's true.
0: So um, we'll see. But uh, for example, I mean, this is relevant to Michigan because now this is obviously an example of what not to do and is not legal. Remember, it's 72 hours after birth. This is designed to prevent the situation where... Uh, especially a young girl, maybe she's still in school, is pregnant and doesn't know what to do, And doesn't want to get in trouble, and abandons the baby and the baby dies. This law is targeted at stopping that so that the woman of any age, but a young woman can go and confidentially surrender the child, no questions you know, uh, asked down the road. She's not going to get in trouble for it. And so the child, you know, can live and be adopted out um, to some loving parents. So in Michigan, there was a case where a person in a school in Detroit, um, yeah, a high school in Madison Heights found two children.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think they were, uh, were they like two and one? One
1: was an infant and one was one. Mm
0: -hmm. And uh, abandoned with a note.
1: Did it ever say what the note said Mm, in the news article? No. I don't think it did.
0: That's – usually you don't hear reporting on that sort of thing. But but thankfully, you know, uh, the children were found, and they're going to be okay health-wise. And – I haven't heard anything about the mom or the dad or what that situation is. So that is a situation of what not to do. Um, I suppose if you were going to break the law and try to surrender your children in in, in such a way, I would not leave them behind a high school mm-hmm. and would find a like police station or somewhere where they would be actually assured to be safe um, as opposed to just dropping them off somewhere.
1: But But. it still had a happy ending because they were found and they're safe. And I believe they did find who was responsible for leaving them there. But like Chris said, we don't know the circumstance or what happened.
2: so. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So other states, you know, do have baby boxes. And contrary to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services concerns, uh, every child that's been surrendered to a baby box is totally fine mm-hmm. because again, I, I think you know maybe, maybe it's good to describe it because a lot of people have this weird picture like it's just a dump box, like a mails <laughs> like a mailbox where you just open it up, dump the baby and leave. It's not like that at all. It's usually in a fire station. Um, like it's right in the side of the wall. You put the baby in. Basically, it's a bassinet, but it is protected from the outside, so you can't. You know, you're not abandoning a child outside. It's climate controlled. Mm-hmm. The second the door opens, there's an alarm, so it's it's always staffed. Mm-hmm. Um, someone is always there. The baby is in basically a bass, basically a climate controlled bassinet, which is better than the upstairs of my house right now for my child's nap. Suffering at this moment in the heat, um, for seconds, right? If 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 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is this is wonderfully safe. Indiana has baby boxes, and they just had a save uh, way down in Kokomo. Um, sorry for that. You you two were no, you did two were in alive in the '90s. Okay, everyone alive in the '90s immediately. I was alive
1: in the '90s. Yeah, but you weren't
0: listening. Okay. <laughs> you didn't have to listen to some music played over and over and over and over in the early 90s until you got sick of it as, as a child yourself. Um, There's a case in Mississippi of a uh, their first baby box had a save. So these are utilized. Um, you know, and in Michigan, the overall numbers since we've had baby boxes are I think we've had over 200. So, I mean, we're not talking a huge number of children, but again, this has no doubt prevented some infanticides, you know, so Mm -hmm. the upside of saving the life of a baby is huge. And the downside is, you know, simply having the law in place or, you know, having a baby box is not very expensive. It's a great investment. Yes. And we should have them in Michigan. We and there should. should be nothing stopping our legislature or our governor from approving it. It's a feel-good story. Everyone yes. should be fine with it, especially if you happen to be listening. That's what you would think. And you work at the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. It's okay.
1: Well, it's going to be okay. I think it's a good sign that the media was willing to give a plug for them. And mention that we do have a law that says you can surrender your baby for up to two seventy two 72 hours so yeah the
0: case in Madison Heights yeah they did promote yes. our law which is good
1: mm-hmm so a
0: lot of people don't know
1: yes I think that's still a good sign that maybe one day no matter who is in control of the legislator we could get a baby box we could we could
0: <laughs> well, uh, anything else we wanted to talk about before we close it out early? I don't think we've ever done that. Seems highly problematic and awkward.
2: Um, we've done it for Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah, couple we've, of times. we've done it before. Well,
0: Thanksgiving in July. All right, everybody. <laughs> that's all we have. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, Check us out next week for that feature on on the 15-week ban and obviously talking about abortion legislation nationally. It's going to be a big topic moving forward, and you're a pro-life person hopefully listening, so you need to know about it. Uh, Talk to you next week.